Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with the beginning of chapter 4. In the final three chapters of Ephesians, we're going to see what to do in light of all that God has done for us in Christ. This next passage has unity as its theme. This biblical unity is not an external thing, nor it is something mechanical. It is internal and organic. It is supernatural. It cannot be superimposed on people apart from the life of Christ. It springs from the power of Christ indwelling each believer. It is a spirit-controlled and spirit-produced unity, which is rooted in truth. Unity is a popular word, but there are many wrong ideas attached to the word. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he presents today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Worthy Walk of Oneness, Part 1. Now, I want to digress for just a moment to help you understand this biblical concept because there are two legitimate ways in which a calling is used in the Bible. Number one is the universal call to salvation. It, it, it's a universal invitation. Jesus said it this way in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Read on in the context. You'll see he means rest for your souls. Get off the treadmill and rest in me. So it's a universal invitation. In our daily studies through the Gospel of John, it was only a couple of weeks back. We were in John chapter 6, and we saw this in John six thirty five. Jesus said to them, at the feast. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. You might call it the he who invitation. Whoever comes, anyone can come. Anyone can eat of this bread. Anyone can have this eternal life. All are invited to salvation. Second Peter 3.9, God is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance and a, and a knowledge of uh, the grace of God. Now, that's the universal call to salvation. There are no limits to that. But the Bible also teaches that not everyone will come because how many respond to the invitation? Well, if you go read Romans chapter 3, how many righteous are there? Zero. How many seek God? None. There's none righteous, not even one. There is no one who seeks after God. That's one of the reasons why this idiocy of the last 40 years of the seeker-sensitive movement, we're going to design church for all of those people who are seeking God, means we're trying to 
We're trying to please unbelievers. No one seeks God. And you say, well, hold on, hold, hold on there. Wait a minute. You've heard my testimony. I, I, I started being convicted of my sin, and I, had this, and I had this hunger, and I sought God. Yes, you did. Why? Because God sought you. That We saw it in chapter 1 of Ephesians, the doctrine of election, that God chose certain ones to save them. That is the only explanation why anyone is ever in heaven, because in our sin, we don't choose God. We don't seek God. So, the invitation is universal. The response is among those that he calls in the second sense. We call this the effectual call. It's the term that theologians like to use. That God actually calls a certain person. He, 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 he plucks you out of the fire, if you, if you will. And here's a key to understanding this. Every single time this word call, uh, parakaleo, is used in... I'm sorry, that's parakaleo, that's uh, implore, kaleo. Every time that word is used in the epistles, everything from uh, Romans through Jude, every time you see the word calling there, try this out, it refers to the effectual call that God actually draws a person to faith in himself. He grants that person um, repentance. He, he calls that person from death to life, like we saw in Ephesians chapter 2. And so, it's not a surprise. This call, according to Romans 11, is irrevocable. It is God's choice, according to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter... Uh, I'm sorry, to... Yeah, 1 Corinthians 1 and Ephesians 1. It is a call to salvation. It is uh, an upward call, according to Philippians 3. It's a holy calling, according to 1 Peter and 2 Timothy chapter 1. And it's a heavenly calling, among other things, in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter, um, chapter 3. So, understand, this is how God calls individuals to Himself. Uh, some people, if you, if you read in uh, certain literature, people will, call the, will, will describe this as the irresistible call. And it's very unfortunate that they use that language. What they mean is it's effectual. It gets the work done of bringing a person uh, to Christ. But when we say irresistible, some people say, well, wait a minute. You're teaching that I don't have any choice. You know, it just, God, just, God just zaps you to faith. Well, I know the testimonies of a whole lot of people in this room, including me, and I have never, ever heard one that said, well, I didn't want to believe, but God made me. No, no, it's not, it, it's not like that. It's irresistible in the sense that there is one woman that I met in my life that I found irresistible. And she didn't overrule my will. Well, there was that time last week, but you know, that's, no. You get the point? That kind of irresistible, it is effectual. 
What is the resolution of the mystery between the fact that you are 100% responsible for every decision you make and God is 100% responsible for every decision you make? Leave it to God. Both of those are absolutely true. But now look back again where we are. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Now, remember I said, test this out, always in the epistles. This is the meaning of it. The calling with which you have been called. That's very important terminology. Have been called is an aorist passive verb. The significance of aorist means it it looks to a point in time. There was the time at which you changed direction. The passive form means it happened to you. God called you. Very significant. It's not talking about walking in a manner in order to become worthy to be called. It means you have been called, and now that you've accepted the call, you need to live in such a way that gives equal weight to your position in Christ and your living according to who He is. You need to live up to who you are. This is why doctrine always has to come before exhortation. How can you possibly Live up to what you don't know. How can you use resources that you don't understand? Again, if you'll let me make a comparison between Ephesians and uh, Romans, you you might think the same guy wrote them both the way he structured them. Um, Romans 11, uh, 1 through 11, and therefore do this. And then you get to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You do this by the transformation of your mind, the renewing of your mind. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Fill your mind with the first 11 chapters, and now time to, time to put on your big boy pants, grow up, and live the way you're supposed to. Same thing with Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, and then chapters 4 through 6. And this is a very important issue, and it's where a lot of Christian teaching goes wrong. A lot of people like to teach the shoulds and the oughts and the shouts without teaching who you are in Christ. And that's always problematical because people get frustrated trying to live up to something, but they don't know what it is that they need to live up to or how to live up to it. If you exhort without building people up, it's, it's deadly. It produces Christians who are like children who've been yelled at but never instructed. And you've seen kids like that. You might have grown up in a situation like that. You know how horribly frustrating that is. Trying to make application without doctrinal foundation does several destructive things. For one, it produces guilt-ridden, ineffective, ignorant Christians, or worse yet, people who've been told they're Christians when they really don't even know 
the gospel. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.